you recognize that voice of Keith Green from a time before this and I'll be talking about some of the t- that time and some of the poems I have written well here's a bit about me I was born in the West Midlands an industrial area where sometimes we heard lions roaring <laughs> They weren't coming down the street to us, of course. No, they were in the zoo. And when we were doing our exams at school, I remember hearing that. And the zoo itself was based round a romantic castle and courtyard. There were three of us children, my brother seven years older, my sister five years older, and myself. So it was often the case that I was left on my own to play often swinging on our swing in the garden for an hour or more, just thinking things. And maybe that's why I have such a good uh, imagination. Yes, it's time now to read you a poem from a time actually much later I'm talking about just now. It's called Pictures. I saw a frog in the bath last night, a ripple, and it changed into an amoeba. Even the last dregs of bubble bath have form and life under an imaginative eye. I saw a dragon in the sky today, a gust, and it changed to a castle. Yes, the changing form of natural vapour can people our dreams at a glance. I saw a face in the fire this evening, a spurt of flame, and it changed to a hand. Even the embers of a cold fire can be a moving picture show for the thoughtful. Please, Lord, my desire is to be allowed to see with your eyes, to select your brushstrokes for the day's picture, to trace your pattern through the screen of events, so that the praise has spiritual depth, so that the unspoken speaks volumes so that the needs you see can be attended to as your design involves. <sighs> right, that's one poem. I've got so many. It's such a, a job to choose some. Mm. Uh, yeah, have we had, we've had pictures. I loved um, reading stories so much that I was banned from reading in bed. I applied for university but didn't get in first time, so took a job in the Birmingham Central Library. Anyone remember handing in the book and taking it out and getting it stamped? (laughs) They wouldn't do that now. I don't think I was an exceptional young person. The word sheltered would be more apt. But then I think we were in those days. Letters were in. Computers hadn't been visualised. And when I did get a place at university in Exeter and was first in a hall for about 50 young women, our communication, well, 
There was a flight of stairs leading up to the next floor, and on a shelf beside it there was one telephone. Yes, you know, <laughs> the old sort. I said that uh, letters were in. My mother, to my surprise, actually kept all the letters that I'd sent her all through uni, and I still have them today. I did a general degree, history, English, and then theology. You see, I wondered whether my father would think more highly of me if I did sort of get some facts behind my belief, because I was what you call a born-again Christian, and got excited about God, not just a staid person who follows God's rules. I didn't do too well at theology. Well, the professor um, started his course with L's and bells, sort of um, pre-Christian, I thought. Was okay at a, I was okay at other courses and reveled in the history when the lecturer decided just to show us famous pictures and teach us that way. Then I did a course in librarianship and I wanted to specialise with children. I've done all my adult life, so worked as a children's librarian in Edgware for four years. Oh, so much to tell you about everything. And you may not want to know everything, but I wrote some books and took a post in London as a children's book editor at Scripture Union, a publisher's. Bought my first house in a lovely village called Woodhouse Eaves in Leicestershire. Yes, doing librarianship up there. I didn't do much poetry there. Oh, but let me give you a sample from my book, Guinea Pigs, God in the Garden. Guinea pigs because we kept them when I was married. Yes, another exciting story. And it was in lockdown, so I spent ages in the garden. And God always had to be in the mix. Oh, and one plant I should never have grown without advice. Bamboo. Here's my poem on it <laughs> from much later. Here we go. There must be a hidden army lurking just under the ground. At midnight the call echoes around. Ready, steady, wait for it, go! And across the garden they hear the sound. They gather strength, they draw on power no human would ever replicate. And the bamboo army doesn't wait. It shoots its spears through hardened earth, through established roots, even a carpet tile, up, up into the air. Some show width as far as your thumb. Some climb high, as thin as a weed. Some are green, some are brown. Some rise in families from roots far down. What gives the bamboo this mighty strength? It's only a tree, after all. We've heard that nature is red in tooth and claw, and the power of this instant resurrection is beyond human law. Does that mean that nature is stronger than man? Ha! <laughs> now we get into theology. God is our creator, so growing things must be his plan. Did things go wrong when humans disobeyed? Ah, oh, so much. Uh, yes, that's a, one plant I should never have grown without advi advice. That's a poem. But back again. When children's book editor at Scripture Union, I saw that books of prayers for children were acceptable. So I wrote one myself and got it published. And I actually got in contact with Leicester's local radio station. They liked it. 
and they also asked me to do some broadcasting as a freelance. Paid for it? Wow, an interesting part of my life, going up in a new plane for two people, <gasps> doing what's called Vox Pop in Leicester, and the subject was, I had to ask them, do you ever have a bath with someone? <laughs> I got some remarks, I tell you. And it wasn't long till I was a full-time freelance for that radio station. Not paid much, unless you managed to send it up to a national radio. I did a bit. I was paid £4 here, but £20 when it went up nationally. Oh. In my lovely little village, there was a small but keen Baptist church where I loved going, and still ached for Mr Wright. But at that time, he hadn't come on the scene. But one day, a, a new Christian whose parents lived in the village, came along. He had a, had a disastrous marriage before. He was very shy, very quiet. Nothing about him attracted me. But I started to see that he fancied me. Hmm. At this time, just occasionally, I would write down in my book what I thought God wanted, or even said in his mind to me. And it was February the 7th, I'm not quite sure which year that I found myself writing. Wait, wait for it. I am preparing David to be your husband. Wow! Gulp, gulp. But God changed me too. And the next time he said, Would you like to. <laughs> yes. You see, we had the same sense of humour. I did. Here's another poem. It's called The Navigator. I sit with air of confidence, the atlas on my lap. I've been through all the route before, hardly need a map. The driver has the hardest job, our lives in his care. He concentrates upon the road. I navigate. That's fair. But the writing's smaller nowadays. Where is my glasses case? I think we're on the green road here. Oh, drive slow. It's not a race. Which turning? That one. This one here? There's a queue behind us. Quick! I've lost the place. B409. Oh, hold on. The dog's been sick. Oh, trying is the woman's lot who tries to navigate. And if he misses the M5 turn... It's my fault. We'll be late. <laughs> a lot of poems had what I call a touch of God on them. And here's another one. Uh, if I can find it, called The Sea Below. It says page 30. I'd better get there quickly. Right. Shimmering expanse of silver, singing rhythmically, licking the shore, reflecting the Wedgwood sky. What do you say to me? A giant could suck you up and leave it a shriveled shell, knock his fist through the glass ceiling, read strands of time and twist them together like Doctor Who. But I know that the one who set the whole game in motion, who knows the pattern of every pebble on the beach, has allowed his human creation 
to enjoy and despoil itself as it chooses. And from the depths of my heart, I wanted to honour the artist who lavishly spreads his canvas in front of me for my delight. God, the great I am. Ah, oh. actually, I left out lots and lots of this personal story when David Jackman became my husband. And that was after I'd spent some years in local broadcasting. After freelance broadcasting in Radio Leicester, I was, someone call it, um, headhunted by Radio Trent in Nottingham for my voice. Well, I can't boast of it. I didn't make it. It was God's doing. Meeting someone with different habits, different views on some things. It wasn't all smooth sailing, especially when David worked away in the week and came home on Friday evenings. Of course, I'd made a special effort with the Friday evening meal, but he was so tired he hardly noticed it. We did have lovely holidays together, both abroad and home. Soon after marriage, we had a daughter, Sarah. It was quite hard work being what was called then an older mum, so we didn't try for another. Actually, now with just one family, they have three little girls. My, how we don't get back up like my brother has had. Brother had six children. He was partly a missionary, perhaps that's excused. Oh, you don't want to know all the ins and outs of my life, just a few. Taking Sarah to a nursery, a nanny said to me, Oh, the children's music leader is leaving. And then, you could do this, Elspeth. So I took on about nine, threes and four-year-olds old for group music. And some years later, ended up with 500 children in, I think, 39 different half-hour groups. Wow. Mm. Oh. So let's have another poem from this um, period. It is the guinea pig. Ah, guinea pig. When I find it. Uh, page 37, I think it said. Here we go. <coughs> Jotta, that's her name. Jotta is pregnant. Jotta is wide. Her fur sticks out strangely on either side. She's eating for two or three or four. You never know. It might be more. I know it's two because the other day I felt them move each side as she lay. She burrows beneath her straw, making nests, conserving her strength with lots of rests. All males are banned from her company now. She's done it before, so she surely knows how. But we're waiting, Jota, we're waiting, waiting for a wriggle, waiting for a kick, waiting for a leg to show they come so quick. Beneath her fur umbrella, you hardly know what's what. Is that a body breathing? One, two, is that the lot? <gasps> no, one more, brown and black and white. That must be the last one pushed into the light. Well done, Jota, well done. They're a lovely sight. Three young lives are huddling together in a heap. You really ought to rest now. I doubt you'll get much sleep. Well done, Jota. Well done. Mm. Right, now uh, where was I in my story about me and David? Yes, so, I years later, I'd be in St Albans and somehow I'd recognise a face 
and the person would recognise me. Young music makers, she said. Yes, there was her son, now a teenager at her side. Ah, so I, well, the peak had 500 children in 39 different half-hour groups. Wow. Mm. Years later, I'd be in St Albans and I'd somehow recognise a face and she recognised me. Young music makers, she said. Yes, and there was her son, now a teenager at her side. I used to create cassette tapes and then CDs for each of my clients. One or two said that their children wouldn't be happy on long car journeys unless they had my tapes on. Then I started to teach piano, just a few. Uh, but of course, I got more and more and more as the years went on. More recently, over the years, I've been writing down my thoughts in the form of poems, especially during lockdown. But it was a complete surprise when a Christian publisher said they'd take them. They're even on Amazon or Audible. The name is Guinea Pig's God and the Garden. Oh, yes, and I didn't tell you that my husband died when we were on holiday looking at castles and gardens. <gasps> so many years ago. I remember the evening he had a second helping of custard with his crumble because we were... Um, on a course looking at gardens and castles in, somewhere in the north. Generally, he wasn't very well. So as he'd been restless the first night, I said, oh, just let's pray together. And so I did, and he gave a resounding amen. And I slept really well. And only when I went near and rattled the teacups, wow, he'd actually gone to heaven with no fuss at all. And soon the room was filled with people, ambulance men, the doctor, the warden, who brought us tea and toast. Now remember that David said he'd like a feast around his bed before he died. Yes, at his funeral service, I danced with joy, as it were, at his homecoming. But there were times when I just cried all day. I was visiting York when my daughter was at uni last year and sitting in the cathedral. And this poem is what came into my mind. Here we are. Sitting alone in the vast and anonymous cathedral, I knew that antennae from me were on the loose. They had been settled, plugged into the personality, mind and body of my husband. But that day, their home had gone. There was nowhere to plug into. They were waving, searching, reaching out. This situation could not go on. But it was out of my control. <laughs> so with faith and enough determination, I had to re-plug them into a different place, to the only source of real comfort. And I recall it visually, yes, plugging them in to an even more permanent home. Jesus, my saviour. Ah, and I still revel in paintings and in music, older diseases.
And let me assure you, you can still enjoy life to the full when you're over 80. <laughs> Your face is all I see for Thanks for listening. And next, next week, hopefully, we'll have a young man who's got a new business. Yes. And a new little daughter, eight to five months. We look forward to that. Thank you. Bye-bye.